Hey, welcome guys, Derek James here, and I'm your host today on episode one of FBO Live, where I demonstrate how to read and respond to FBO opportunities so that you can grow your very own government contracting business. Those of you in the Facebook group and who have been following me for a little bit, you probably um, have seen some of the other episodes that I've done, um, FBO Live, reading RFPs. Uh, I've done a dozen or so screen recordings, kind of getting used to the format. So today is actually the official day one of the show. Um, I will be uh, streaming primarily on YouTube and podcasts. So podcast is new. So shout out to you guys listening on um, podcast. Be sure to check out the links down in the description for the downloads from today's episode. And I will show you guys what we'll be using um, going forward with the show. There's two different download templates that we'll be using on a regular basis. And those downloads will be made available to you uh, at the end of the episode if um, it's something that you guys would like for practice or if you're interested in a particular you know opportunity we looked at or if you're in that field, it would be good for you guys to, to have those templates. Um, if you're new to this, it kind of shows you, you know, what a proposal template layout can look like and gives you practice with some of the capture questions. Um, pretty straightforward stuff and you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. But on today's episode, I already have an opportunity teed up this is for sign language translation services in San Diego. So let's get into it. Okay, guys. So first things first, as mentioned, uh, I have two documents that we'll be using in today's episode. And if you're listening on podcasts, don't worry, I got you. I will be talking through everything. I'm pretty good at saying things as I go and narrating. Um, so I'm doing that on purpose. But um, any of you guys listening on podcasts, don't worry. I have links in the description uh, in the podcast as well that you can get your hands on the, the worksheets if interested. But this first sheet is uh, just capture questions is what I have it titled. And it basically gives us places to fill in some of the basic high level information that I want to find and pull quickly when I'm trying to, you know, essentially bid, no bid an opportunity. So you see here, you know, solicitation number, response date, set aside, NAICS code. These first four, just I did a little fact check things to, to pull off um, off the top that we can probably gather in the first 60 seconds of looking at the opportunity. Then we have a place to write in the scope. All these boxes here are, are fillable. And then um, proposal requirements. Uh, like I've mentioned before, uh, technical past performance and pricings form the core of any solid um, RFP proposal. And so I have fillable spots to put in a little bit of information for each of these, as well as what pro procurement strategy, whether it's going to be uh, LPTA or best value. That's definitely something that we uh, want to know. And so I capture in this high level capture questions worksheet. And on the sidebar here, you just have a place to put contracting officer point of contact place performance, period of performance, uh, there's a questionnaire, a due date, um, and then any amendments or site visit details. So this is just a quick little um, one pager that I've, you know, it's, it's basically reflected off of uh, the questions that I asked myself. And so I decided to create this and use this on FBO Live episodes to get you guys in a regular pattern of looking for certain things so that you can practice finding them and get get better at finding them and quicker and learning where to look. And so that was really the, the goal behind this is just to create a recurring uh, exercise that we do every episode. 
so you're going to get used to, you know, hearing these things. If you're watching on YouTube, seeing these things. And then on the, the, the second document, uh, I did this a few times on my, uh, later uploads when I was kind of still getting used to doing, you know, the FBO live reading RFPs. Um, I actually have a proposal template here and that proposal template we're going to actually be filling out on today's episode. You know, again, this is not a full blown proposal whatsoever. Um, and it's not supposed to be, this is supposed to be a, a skeleton, a template, a layout. Um, and then for you guys listening, you know, essentially what it consists of, we got our cover page. Then the second page, I have a bit of like a, a, uh, you know, it's like a cover letter slash company profile. This is where I like to have all of the, um, company specific information, like, you know, uh, socioeconomic set asides, your full list, you know, your company address, um, and then a cover letter, basically writing a, a short paragraph to contract uh, to the contracting officers rather, um, or just officer, right. Uh, you know, explaining solicitation and, and basically the components that are going to be in your forthcoming, uh, proposal. Um, and you get a better chance at what I'm talking about, uh, if you get to see it, but then after I've got a short table of contents, that's a clickable interactive table of contents. And then our, our main core, like I said, a spot for a technical approach with a few subsections, uh, past performance with three past performances, and then a, uh, a standard pricing proposal with um, a spot for any assumptions or clarifications if you need to expand on that. And then lastly, um, a heading for other attachments if you need to reference or insert. So that's what I have in the second second document. And we'll be going through that today. We're, we probably won't use it all. You know, again, I just put all that in there as, uh, you know, kind of like a space, you know, a filler, if you will. And so we'll just tailor this to whatever um, is needed by the opportunity we're looking at today. Again, the sign language services. And uh, on every episode, I won't, you know, go through like this length of explaining just because this is episode uh, one. So I'll probably do it for the first few episodes. Um, otherwise, we'll just be getting right into the opportunity. But, you know, I just want you guys to understand kind of the process and the practice we'll be able to be going through here um, instead of you know, I, I do all the stuff in my head. And so I decided it would be good to get it out of well, I'm referring to the checklist again, the first document I do this in my head. So I figured it'd be good to put it on paper on paper so that you know exactly what I'm, uh, you know, kind of thinking and where I'm going with things. And then in terms of the proposal template, so many people have asked me, do you have any sort of, you know, layout or anything that I could, you know, have. So, um, you know, both of these I'll be making available to you for uh, a small donation at the end of the show to support the show. I think it's just going to be like $5 or something like that, but you know, it'll be all linked up in the description and you can get this completed proposal template layout as well as the, you know, the checklist. So you can start doing this on your own if you like this, or you can, you know, create your own thing. But again, this is just to help you guys. <clears throat> so without any further explanation, I think we've adequately covered everything. I'm really excited to get into the first, opportunity. Well, I shouldn't say the first today's opportunity rather. Um, again, last thing I'll say is those of you who have seen some of the other uploads I've done. Uh, I do three, four, five uh, solicitations just in one setting, but I have to go through them a little bit quicker. So now I'm shaking that up a little bit and I'm just focusing on one. So hopefully the one that I picked <laughs> is a good one. 
And that's why I'm going to spend more time, you know, filling out this questionnaire sheet and the proposal template layout so that hopefully it'll be more valuable to you guys to see me go into more depth on one solicitation versus, you know, just going high level with, you know, three, four or five. So um, let's get into it. So we have, you know, I've said that three times, right? Sign language services, uh, translation services in San Diego. And while I've got this, I will be filling out this, the sheet now that I've got the sheet. So um, I've got the solicitation number, it's right here. So go ahead, plug that in. Response date, well, this was posted uh, yesterday on the 8th and the response date is October 16th. So they're giving you about a week to respond to this. Set aside, total small business set aside. And then, I don't know why, there we go. And then in terms of NAICS code, we've got 541930, professional scientific and technical services. So as you can see here, uh, you know, we easily filled out the first four boxes of the capture questions. We got those, those answers right off the cuff. You know, that should be something that you guys pull like right away. It should take 10 seconds. Um, that's, you know, crucial information that you will need to know. It's kind of like, once you know it, it's, it's like, okay, good to know. You don't really do much with those, um, necessarily, but you do need to know them. Like if it's set aside for woman owned and you're not woman owned, you want to know that right away so that you don't spend any more time on it. Right. Or if the response date is in like two days and you just found this, you know that you may not have enough time to respond to it. So you may not want to, you know, waste your time. And then, you know, even with the NAICS code, if you don't have this particular NAICS code updated in your SAM profile and you're going to bid on this, you need to update it before you send your submission. You need to add this NAICS code 541930 to your SAM profile so that if you get awarded, you're found to be, um, you know, acceptable of, of performing under this NAICS code. So like I said, quick facts right off the bat, we, we, um, completed that really quickly scope. We know that this is sign language translation services. That's all we really know so far. I haven't even gone off of the, um, the FBO posting page yet. Now let me see if there's any other information I can get. We know the point of contact is a Micah Sandusky contracting specialist. You know, I'll, I'll add that to the sidebar here just in case, you know, we decide we want that. Um, as you see, there's not much other information. There's a link here that uh, if you guys are listening on podcasts, I know you can't see it. It's going to take us to a place called Spay War. So um, some of you who are familiar and seasoned, you'll know what that means. But you know, if, if you didn't catch it, this is for the Department of the Navy. And so that's Spay War is actually going to take us to this um, Navy specific, it actually takes us off of FedBizOps. Um, it used to be called NECO, but um, I, I think that's that's different. There's there's NECO and Spaywar, and there's there's a few. The, the Navy and some of the other um, DoD branches have their own websites. So this just takes us off to this other Spaywar um, website where they just have the details of the solicitation posted here. So it's really not that big of a deal. Um, as you can see, they've kind of uh, repeated themselves with some of the basic information that we just pulled from F FBO. You know, they've got the, the set aside, contracting officer name, uh, phone number, email, 
um, response date, all that good stuff. So, and then they have the attachments, which is what I'm, I'm really interested in. So um, it looks like they got a solicitation, they've got a statement of work, they've got a NADRID uh, professional conduct download, and then they've got professional sign language interpreting agencies, and then professional sign language interpreting PDF. So probably just a few supporting documentation. My guess is the solicitation and the statement of work are the two documents that you know we'll probably spend the majority of our time in today trying to you know gather the rest of this information. Um, and then it'll probably just be more you know job specific, you know sign language interpreting specific in these other two documents. But I'm anxious to open the solicitation, so let's get that pulled up. <clears throat> So I've got that pulled up. Competitive quotes are being requested. It's a request for a quote. You know, they're straight up calling this an RFQ instead of an RFP. That tells us that there's probably not going to be a huge amount of proposal requested or required. It's probably going to be more technical and, um, you know, pricing only. They're letting us know the next code. All good stuff that we already know. to be eligible for award course must be must provide all the items and quantities listed below. So here they have a description of requirements. They've got a cleanse 0001 through five, <clears throat> basically a base plus four options. And for each of those, it says not to exceed 350 hours. So that's telling us that that's, that's super part-time. I mean, I don't even know if you would call it part-time. I mean, a standard year is 19, 20 hours. So um, this is just basically as a as-needed basis. Let's see what else I have to say here. The expected period of performance is 12 months. Date of award through 12 months after. So whenever it was awarded plus 12 months and then for an additional 12 month option periods will commence after that. The anticipated place of performance is San Diego which they're not telling us exactly where, but we'll just add place of performance in the sidebar here. We kind of already knew that based on the title, but. And then also the period of performance is 12 months after. Did they use the acronym? Yeah, no, they didn't. So it's just 12 months after date of award. plus four 12 month options. That's our period of performance. So, you know, this is, you know, there's a week, we said there's about a week to respond to this thing. I think it was October 16th. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they'd have this thing up and going sometime in November. I mean, that would give them a solid month to evaluate offers and award a contract. It sounds like this may not be a, a existing contract because if they did, they would probably have more of a, a hard start date because that would mean the previous contract was ending. And so the, they don't want there to be a gap in service, at least if they can help it. Sometimes it happens anyways. But so far, just based on this first page of the solicitation, and it looks like there's only there's only four pages of this whole thing. So um, we're getting, you know, a lot of good information just off of this first page. 
but based off of this, uh, it's looking like it may be a new need, but I can't guarantee that. But it, so far, it doesn't seem like there's an existing contract. So um, let's see what else we have. Government will award a firm fixed price. Okay, well, that's good to know. A firm fixed price just means you tell them a solid number, you know, how much money. And you have to, if you get awarded for that amount, you have to do it for that amount. And if you do it for less, good for you. That's a savings. They're not going to take money back, <clears throat> usually. It's a, form, it's a firm fixed price resulting from the solicitation. Most advantage to uh, offer to the government as defined the valuation factors for award. This is all, you know, boilerplate stuff that I don't even usually read out loud. Complete quote must be received for consideration. Yeah, we know we know all that. A complete quote includes a response and submission to each of the following. Okay. <clears throat> so they've got five things here. Number one, general information. They want to know your name, address, DUNS, cage code, tax ID, all that good stuff. So your company information is number one. That's easy. Um, and so I want to look at our... So we have general information... filling in our boxes as we go. Now I'm at the technical box under the per, uh, proposal requirements. So um, this is not gonna include a technical response. It's just gonna be these things. It says number two, a GSA contract, number for all items proposed that are on a GSA schedule. Um, this could be not applicable if you don't have a GSA schedule. They're just saying if you do, what's the schedule and could these services be procured under that particular schedule? <clears throat> okay, but, but here's more of the, the technical. They want a staffing plan. So that is and would actually fall under technical. Staffing plan outlining proposed interpreters and they want to make sure that they have the the uh, registry of interpreters for the deaf certifications and the offer must address and meet the requirements and specifications as defined as being technically acceptable under factor one below so we'll take a look at that in a minute um but staffing plan well that's good to know uh, number four price quote submit complete pricing for each individual line item under description of requirements and again, those were just the base plus four years and they want a firm fixed price. So um, there's not a whole lot of detail there. We can go ahead and um, I guess I'll, I'll add that to our pricing component in our worksheet. Description of requirements, base plus four, firm fixed price. Okay. I think commercial warranty, if available, provide the length in terms of the workmanship and any manufacturer warranty and or services proposed included in the proposed purchase price. So this <clears throat> seems uh, rather like boilerplate to me. Like, I don't know that you would have a, a workmanship warranty. I definitely know you wouldn't have a manufacturer warranty because this is a services-based contract and what are you going to warranty? So to me, this is a boilerplate, probably something they should have taken out, um, but for whatever reason, they decided to leave it in there. In terms of a proposal response, there's nothing really to 
to do there unless you happen to have something. Um, I mean, I guess where it says or services proposed included in the proposed purchase price. So if there's some sort of like additional complementary or supplementary service that you'll automatically be providing, I don't know. I would, I'm, I'm trying to think like, I don't know, like scheduling or some sort of coordination or education or something like, I don't know, like, I just don't know. Maybe if you have something like that, that would be a good spot for it. But I don't think that you would. So, hey, you guys, um, this is, you know, episode one, of the FBO Live uh, show. This is something I'm going to be doing, hopefully on a regular basis. Um, you have to bear with me as my voice gets stronger. Right now, you kind of hear me taking a lot of drinks of water. Um, my voice is not used to it, but I will get used to it for sure. So just bear with me if there's any uh, breaks in silence uh, as I get a drink of water. Um, it's also that time of year where the sniffles are going around. I've been doing an excellent job at taking my vitamins and... Um, trying to stay away from sick people at the gym and all that good stuff. So um, feeling feeling pretty good so far. But just, uh, yeah, if I take any breaks, just just know that. So um, that's all that we had here for the technical you know, documentation to respond to. Now going to what they were talking to the evaluation factors, super important. Um, so evaluation factors for award, basis for award, Government will award a contract resulting from the solicitation, blah, blah, blah. Factor one, technical acceptability. The government will evaluate the quote to see if the following specification requirements are met. So they want inclusion of a staffing plan with at least two interpreters. Okay, so working in San Diego County. Okay, so that is that is specific so i'm actually going to take out what we had added before you know that company information that's going to be on our cover sheet that's going to be on every proposal like that's not a like a part it's not its own section adding your company information um that's in the cover page and the company profile but this is specific so i'm adding that to our technical proof of local office within san diego county wow so that's also very specific if you don't have a a um, business address within San Diego County, it does not appear that you <laughs> will be bidding on this, or at least not winning it. And then documentation of staff certifications for those interpreters. I mean, that's some very specific, and I like to see specific. I love specific because it tells me like a lot of, <laughs> tells me a lot of information um it tells me a lot of people are not going to be able to bid on this right you have to look at the other side of the coin how many people have a an address in san diego period i mean that excludes most of most of the country you know not even the entire state of california can bid on this only that in that county um so that means for those of you watching like this is or listening this is not going to be something you actively bid on, which is fine because I'm really not doing these expecting that you guys are all going to run out and go and bid on these. These are examples. These are exercises. And this is something really, you know, cool for you guys to see because you don't see it that often. They're actually being extremely exclusive 
which I love to see because it also tells me like, hey, I just have no chance of bidding on this if I don't have an address there. Uh, because, you know, sometimes it's tough and you're, you're torn. You're like, do I bid on this or not? You know, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I don't know, maybe we can make a good case, but maybe we, we can't, you know, we don't have great passive formats, but I know we could do a, a hell of good uh, technical write-up, um, you know, and then you're like torn. Do I bid on it or not? Well, hey, there's there's no there's no being torn. There's no tearage here, guys. Like if you do not have your your address there, there is just no chance in hell that you are gonna you know be able to win this thing. So it's uh, clarity. You know, clarity is one of the most valuable things in an, in an RFP. It, it just lets you know what's going on. So um, that's great. So we added those new details, replaced those new d details and the technical section of our capture questions <clears throat> and kind of took out those previous generic statements, which sometimes is all that you have, which is why I initially put it in there when we first found it. But now we got further clarification. Moving on, factor two, price. So um, they're going to evaluate the total price that's determined to be fair and reasonable. So that means, I don't know, let's just see what else they say. <laughs> the price quote shall include a unit price for each item and a total firm fixed price for all line items. The total firm fixed price shall include all taxes and fees. So I'm going to replace that information into our pricing. And I'm gonna go ahead and make these, I'll make these boxes a little bit bigger and I'll probably reduce the size of the scope box just to make everything a little bit nicer so you can see that in the capture questions the the boxes i've pre-populated and they're a little small it doesn't contain everything um so you know good to know i will uh, make those a little bit bigger next time around and um when you go to get get this as a download if you want this as a download they will already be adjusted for that so don't you worry about that but so this is interesting though i wanted to comment on this pricing part real fast because they're saying the quote shall submit a unit price for each item and a total firm fixed price for all line items. So I want to scroll back up to page one of the solicitation where they had the CLINS 01 through 05, not to exceed 350 hours each. So we, we know that you're going to be pricing probably 350 hours. Like that's probably the number of hours you're going to base your price off of because that's going to be a not to exceed number. But when they're saying a unit price, I don't know exactly what they mean. You know, they could mean your hourly rate and then the multiplier of 350 hours. And then that's just extended out for each option year as well. That's one thing that they could do. Or they could be saying each CLIN is its own unit. And so they want the price for each CLIN which is understandable. So it would be, you know, your base rate times the hourly rate. And then they want the aggregate of all of those added up, you know, on some, you know, grand total line item. So th those are the difference between those two are just, you know, just very small. Um, the two things I said, it's almost the same thing that I just said, but it's slightly different. So my guess is it's one of those two, you know, the price shall include a unit price for each item and a total firm fixed price for all line items. 
The total firm fixed price shall include all applicable taxes and fees. So it's not super clear to me what I would do since, you know, they, they did give us a bit of this, you know, layout, but they haven't given us a table. So what I would do is, and I'll, I'll show you guys just so that I'll show you guys in the proposal template under the pricing section. What I would do is just kind of include everything. So you want to do a show your show the number of hours, show your billable rate, and then what that's going to total up to, <clears throat> and then do that for <clears throat> for the base plus for the option years, and then do a grand total as well, adding all of those up. Um, it doesn't sound like they have any travel. It sounds like it's local to San Diego County. Um, travel would be like $0. But you kind of do that, you know, you know, do the both method, you know, have your cake and eat it too kind of thing. That way you've covered your basis and you're not missing anything. There's not a whole lot like that you could miss. Like there's just, they're just talking about the unit price and the total firm fixed price. So we'll just, you know, we'll give them both. And, you know, I will actually fill that out in the table um, probably pretty soon here as we finish going through the solicitation. Eligible offers must be updated in SAM. Questions due date must be received by October 10th at 11 a.m. Okay, so you could, I mean, if you wanted to, you could always ask that question. I'm just gonna add, because we do have that in the, the sidebar here in our capture questions worksheet, uh, questions due date. So you have, well, today's October 9th. So you have uh, today and tomorrow morning to submit questions. And so if you even wanted to, submit sort of clarification question regarding the pricing it's kind of that you know the, what we were just debating through you could submit that question i don't see any questions and answers posted but i'm sure they'll they'll wait until the deadline is over and then they'll probably post it on thursday or friday and that's another good point you know be on the lookout you know for the questions because other bidders your competition are also going to ask questions and you want to see what the questions they asked were in case you missed something. And you also want to see what the answers are um, in case, you know, you, I don't know. Basically, you just want to know what the answers are so that you're not in the dark. You want to have as much information as your competition. And if you don't read the questions and answers, you know, you they could have added something, a clarification. And you could, you know, you could even quote it wrong. Or, you know, you just, you don't know. You just don't want to miss that. <clears throat> okay, cool. So good information. The telling support and contact is Micah Sandusky. We already know that. And attachments, you know, they're telling us there's the NADRID, which we didn't get into, but we'll take a peek at probably here in just a minute. Then they've got provisions and clauses, which you want to take a peek at. And yay, guys, that's it. That's all four pages of the solicitation. Let's see what else I got. As you see, we, we expanded on some of the key information there and then we kind of just um, quickly sped through the rest. So now I have a statement of work, open that, and that is a whopping page and a half. Love seeing that. <clears throat> My guess is there's not gonna be a whole lot of new information here. 
This is a service acquisition to obtain interpreting services for the deaf and for hard of hearing employees at the Naval Information Warfare Center Pacific. So that's a more specific, not Pacific, but specific Pacific. That's a more specific place of performance. So I'm actually gonna update that. So it's not only San Diego County, but now, you know, cause you wanna know, right? If you're, you're, uh, if you're in the interpreting business, you wanna know, of course, but if you're in a professional services business and you're gonna be providing interpreters and you're gonna be recruiting and you're gonna be talking to candidates, you need to know exactly where to tell them their prospective job would be, right? So that's that's a good piece of information, obviously, aside from you know the start date and all that good stuff. Um, contractors shall provide the following support services by providing certified and qualified sign language interpreting services using the most appropriate linguistic modality for meetings, conferences, seminars, reviews, briefings, trainings, other visual services. Contractors shall respond confirming interpretive services within 48 hours. So they have a request, you need to let them know within 48 hours. Again, this is kind of shaping the pricing of the requirement, if you recall. It was a not to exceed number, and that number was 350 hours a year. So they're going to have these, you know, meetings, seminars, you know, uh, briefings, almost sounds like these interactions with the public, you know, and maybe that's what this is as we, we begin to understand what this is. Maybe they're having these meetings with the public um, or, or some, you know, members. I'm not sure how large the setting would be, but, you know, there may be people that are hard of hearing. But, you know, they did reference employees, so my guessing it really isn't. I'm just trying to think. I try to, like, paint a picture of this in my mind, and it really helps me to understand the requirement, you know, that you otherwise have no idea of. But they did, you know, mention employees, so they probably know that they have some deaf and hard-of-hearing employees, and this is probably just for when there's, you know, again, meetings, briefings, and trainings, you know, within the Naval Information uh, Warfare Center Pacific you know, base, agency, what have you, um, they're going to have these surfaces uh, available for them at, at that location under these pretenses. So, but you're going to need a 48 hours. They're going to pick up the phone and call you say, Hey, we have an event going on. Um, we need your guy or gal there for interpreting, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be two and a half hours, you know, you know, that'll be offset from your, your, uh, 350 hours billable, um, for the year. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of, I think we have a pretty good, pretty accurate, you know, picture painted of what this is probably going to look like. Contractor provided, uh, provided interpreters shall be nationally certified and in good standing with certification entity. And they, they want your certs. So certifications included referenced in document one, two, three. Yeah. So they want your certs. So now I'm going to start transitioning since. You know, past performance, they have made no reference to it. And they did say this is a request for quote. So my guess is they do not want past performance. Pricing strategy. Um, we know this is firm fixed price. They haven't said if it's going to be best value or LPTA. But my gut is leaning towards LPTA because they're saying whatever submission is most... I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to find the language again, but 
they did make it sound like it was based on being technically acceptable. And again, since this is an RFQ and not an RFP, you know, there's not a huge proposal required. Um, they're basically going to want to see, you know, your staffing plan. They're going to want to see your certifications, your company information and your pricing. And probably that's about it. So as long as your certs are in good standing, you know, yeah. And your business address, they want to see that, um, you have all that probably whatever the most competitive price is going to be, is going to be the, the awarded bidder. So, um, let's see what else. Contractor, contractor provided interpreters shall adhere to the red code of conduct. Got it. Contractor shall provide a staffing plan outlining the contractor's staff interpreters, years of experience and certification status, as well as number of outside agency interpreters. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, is this, this was not in the uh, contractor shall have, let me just finish this contractor shall have an office location within, within San Diego. We know that, but this whole thing about uh, a staffing plan outlining contractors, interpreter years of experience. So this must be again, more specific what they want in their staffing plan, which is cool. I mean, that's cool. I'm, I'm actually happy to find this. However, this sh probably should have been in the solicitation instead of the statement of work as part of, you know, an evaluation factor or, you know, instruction to offer was what to include in your submission. You know, if they want this, you know, this kind of drives me crazy whenever they just hide stuff. Um, and this is hidden, but I'm going to copy and paste that. And now, we're going to start working within our um, our proposal template now. So I had already teed up a staffing plan subsection. So now I'm just copying and pasting that the contractor shall provide a staffing plan so that we know that's in there. Um, with staff's interpreter years of experience and certification status, as well as number of outside agency interpreters. My guess is if you have, you know, if you are a professional services agency, you've done some sort of staffing before, you probably have some sort of staffing plan um, already created. So you would include, you know, you would take that chunk and put that in here into your staffing plan. You know, I have subsections that I use and have sometimes seen, you know, in a standard staffing plan, if you don't have that, you know, we have recruiting and retention as a section, onboarding and offboarding employees, employee timekeeping and HR portal, you can expand on um, how you handle conflict resolution. Those are some things that you can include. But you also want to be sure to include this sentence that we just copy and pasted in there as well. So going back to the statement of work, um, feeling pretty good, pretty solid about what we're needing to do for this travel. Um, multiple trips are required within San Diego. Trips outside San Diego are not anticipated. So travel is going to be local. They are not including funding for travel. <clears throat> so um, contractors shall be cleared, unclassified, so you don't have to worry about a clearance. They just need their daily badge. Place performance, we already know. Let me see here. We're getting close, guys. We're getting very close. So that's essentially the end of the statement of work and probably the two most important documents of this RFQ.
as promised, I want to take a peek at these three other documents. The first one is the code of conduct and just see if there's anything that stands out. Again, these are probably certifications and codes and documents that govern professionals who work in this space and they would probably already be familiar with the national code of ethics and sorts of things. So um, that does look that like that's exactly what this is. Oh crap, did I just close out the hole? All right, yeah, no big deal. Let me just open Spayware back up. Um, so that's probably what that is and probably the same for these other two documents. The second one is this professional sign language interpreting agencies. And they're just talking about um, the, the duties and the responsibilities. Governed therein, and I would definitely probably read this more carefully or thoroughly, I should say, if I was actually bidding this. But for now, we know that this is here and, you know, appreciate them for including that. I always like them to, to include this information. Like, even if we don't take a, a look at it, it's not like I'm I'm not devaluating it. Like, I'm not devaluating. Devaluing is what I'm trying to say. I'm not devaluing it. it. It's great information. It's really good to have in there. And um, when you, it, I always say, it's like when you when you need it, you're, you're glad that you have it. Otherwise, you don't need it, and it's just there, and that's fine. So that's all three of those documents, guys. So that means all that we are left with is the solicitation, the statement of work, which we've thoroughly gone through. Neither of those were very long. So I think we are pretty much good to go to start <clears throat> filling out our proposal template. You know, I did not get that super clarity on the procurement strategy as we were talking about LPTA or best value. They didn't include anything else. I'm still leaning towards LPTA. Um, again, think about your competition. They're going to be doing the same thing. You know, they're going to be providing uh, professionals in San Diego County, interpreters. Um, it's, it's really going to be probably price driven. And if they've got, you know, decent experience, that, that's only going to benefit you. So I will. There it is. Okay. Now moving on to the uh, start filling out this proposal template layout for the solicitation. You know, hope you guys are feeling good. I, I hope you feel a little bit confident, like, hey, we just walked through that entire, you know, RFP. We now I do see what the, you know, important information was that Derek called out. You know, I can, you know, I can do this. I think I could do this on my own, right? Um, and, and you know, all I did was go through the the capture questions worksheet, right? Um, and and you can do exactly the same thing. So you know, on this proposal template layout, you know, company name whatever your company name is, opportunity title, you know, this is sign language services in San Diego. Let's just call it sign language services, parentheses, San Diego. Cool. Yeah, that fits in there. looks good. Solicitation number. I'm trying to type as much of this in so that you know, I obviously I prefer 
copy and paste it's a little bit quicker but since i'm going to make these available to you guys i want the formatting to be to be uh, nice and it only takes you know an extra minute or two you know micah sandusky is a contracting specialist and you know this is exactly you know what you guys will be doing and you can you can totally do this street address 53560 whole street you know and when i you know make these documents available you know i don't lock anything this is all 100 percent editable you know it's just supposed to be useful for you guys <clears throat> nine two one five two just finishing the address all right so that's our cover page um i guess we can update the date to october 9th cool and that automatically preloaded our company name and the title so cover page is finished you know it only took a quick minute this will probably take another few minutes we're on to the the company um, you know, summary page that I talked about October 9th. Then you would have your, um, your company information here, your duns, your cage, um, whatever your, uh, socioeconomic statuses are as well as, you know, primary point of contact name, phone, and email. So I'm not going to, you know, fill that out. Uh, you guys could fill that out. Proposal response to, now this is to the Navy to provide Always, yeah, sign language translation. Sign language translation services. And this is to the Naval Information Warfare Center Pacific. So there you go. And some of this inform other information will be a little bit repeat, like the solicitation number. Let me see if I can just copy and paste that one. Yep. And then uh, the next code again for this was 541930 for professional scientific and technical services. Very good. So as you see guys, like we're, we're already almost halfway done with this, the second page. Contracting office address again. This is in San Diego, California, of course. So I want you guys to feel empowered. You know, this is this is you know not going to be a full blown proposal, but once you get the skeleton laid out, it's 
you know, that's the hard part is like, what do I write? And we, we've, and we just answered that. Like it's, it's really not that bad. And if you're, you know, you don't come from a writing background, don't worry about it. Like the, the guys and gals who put these solicitations together, most of them don't come from a, a, a writing background either, you know, like it's, it's, it's all good. Just give them what they're asking for it. A lot of it is just plug and play. And that's, you know, and, and this is, you know, in all fairness, this is an RFQ. So it's request for quote instead of a request for proposal. So it is a little bit easier. Um, but it's the same, you know, it's the, it's the same premise. Okay, cool. So we are almost done filling out this second page and then I'll be able to be a little bit, you know, more, more vocal. Um, just again, filling in these mundane uh, details, but they are, you know, important nonetheless. Now I'm just filling out the the final, uh, you know, little introductory paragraph and trying to talk at the same time. <laughs> and then Nick's code again was five four one nine three zero. So now the very last sentence of this, please find our uh, proposal to include past performance and pricing in accordance with this RFP. We're going to take past performance out. <clears throat> please, uh, to include our we're going to say staffing plan and pricing proposal because those are the two areas of, of focus and then respectfully you know your name so i mean look at that it probably took what five minutes and we've filled out the the first two pages table contents you know this is clickable and we'll update this kind of last um so now we're actually moving on. So now we're at our technical approach and this is going to be a staffing plan as well as I think I want to include the certifications in our technical approach because that's what they've asked for. So, um, yeah, that's sign language. So I have kind of this, you know, template, uh, boilerplate first paragraph, you know, ABC LLC is pleased to offer a technical approach to provide sign language interpretive services. And this will be to support uh, the Navy, San Diego. Please, um, please find our staffing plan and proposed resume for our candidates to fill uh, this position. I mean, that's, that's fine. We honor the right of first refusal. So, you know, that I would take out because there doesn't sound like there's, there's not incumbent employees. Our seven plan and proposed employee resume follows. So to that, I want to add, and you probably do want to include the resumes for your interpreters. Cause that's also going to reflect, you know, this, their years of experience. 
which is what they're asking for in the staffing plan. And you'll also be able to see their certifications on their resumes as well. Um, but you're probably gonna want the resume and a copy of their certifications. Our staffing plan proposed employee resumes. Certifications. As follows. <clears throat> so um, we kind of have our technical approach teed up here. It's so a staffing plan, resumes, and certifications. Those are going to be the three subsections. So again, our staffing plan. Um, you know, you can use these subsettings. I'm going to leave them in there. The subsections for recruiting and retention, onboarding, employee timekeeping, conflict resolution. <clears throat> if you have your own staffing plan, feel free to use that. But I'll read it one more time. What they gave us specifically. Contractors shall provide a staffing plan outlining the contractor's staff interpreters years of experience and certification status as well as number of outside agency interpreters as well as number of outside agency interpreters so i'm not sure exactly what that means what is outside agency maybe those are interpreters that don't work directly for your agency but they're more like on a i don't know like a 1099 or something um maybe if you're in this particular field you you know um, let me see here, but they're asking as well as a number of outside interpreters. So, I mean, I would just, I would read this as number of, number of interpreters and what I would probably do is I would talk generally about the number of interpreters because what are they saying for this? They want two interpreters with at least two staff interpreters working in San Diego. I mean, part of me wants to lean into this saying what they mean by that is the number of proposed interpreters because they're only telling you at least two. <clears throat> so they're not telling you how many. And then, you know, however many you have will be the number of resumes and certs for each that you have to provide. And honestly, that's that's kind of where I'm, I'm going interpreting this you know if you wanted to ask that rfi you could submit that question before tomorrow <clears throat> to uh, micah sandusky but i think you're going to be okay but that's yeah that's kind of where i'm headed with this number of proposed interpreters will be included. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to go with that. So we're going to delete this paragraph now because you don't want that included in your proposal template layout. Um, so you have a staffing plan, which how do we want to lay this out? Because they said they wanted that within your staffing plan. So let's go ahead. So we're going to add number of proposed interpreters as a, you know, essentially a, a section within the subsection or a paragraph, whatever you want to call it. And if you want to use all these, you can use all these. Otherwise, I would uh, 
you know, delete whatever ones you don't want to use. These recruiting and retention, these are the ones I've supplied you, conflict resolution, employee timekeeping. But the first one being number of proposed interpreters um, as the first point to talk to in your staffing plan since they've specifically called that out. I think that's how I want to handle that. And then next, resumes. This is where, uh, you know, this is the next subsection under the technical approach after your staffing plan. And this resumes is where you will attach the resumes. You'll, you know, you'll include the resumes for each proposed candidate based off of this number of proposed interpreters. Um, and, you know, expand on that, you know, give them a few sentences at least, um, and then have the resumes in this subsection to line up with whatever you stated. And then we'll do one more section happening here okay for uh, certifications because I want you to have your certifications within your um, your technical approach with the resumes I want that to all be together for you I think that's pretty pretty tight I think that's what you would want to do here in this section is say, I'm, I'm thinking about the address because that was, you know, the next thing that we we're talking about. I want you to, where do you want to include this? I'm actually wanting you to include it in the number of proposed interpreters and business address. Because this is really gonna go hand in hand. I know they're two different things and it's kind of weird to combine, but um, you're, you're gonna go on to say ABC LLC proposes three interpreters to, you know, complete, if I could spell, complete the requirement in accordance with the statement of work, ABC, or I should say, uh, as required, ABC, LLC, let's call it, ABC has a current business operating address located within San Diego County at you know one two three san diego street san diego something you know something letting them know the number of the number of interpreters and the location located within san diego county and then you could go on and say all interpreters you know work within the San Diego County, you know, area. I don't want to say limits. All interpreters work within San Diego and are certified and experienced at providing such services. And again, I'm just, you know, we're not writing a whole proposal here, guys. I'm just showing you a little bit. 
um, just so that you call out those specific things. The rest of it can be rather, you know, boilerplate and, and you know, copy and paste uh, on maybe some other proposals that you have. So I would do something to this effect just to make sure right off the, the bat, bam, you know, they open your staffing plan and, and there you go. They get hit with the information, exact information that's going to let them know whether you are, you know, able to even bid on this requirement so that they don't have to, to search for it. You may even, you know, your, you know, if you have this, if you have multiple business locations, you know, even in your company information up here, I would definitely put your San Diego location. Um, again, any other spot to, to, you know, put that, as you can see, I'm not shy at duplicating information. You know, I put the solicitation number in here a number of times, the next code a number of times I'm trying to build confidence in contracting to let them know that we know what the hell we're doing. And you know, that we, you know, we even know what an next code is, you know, just like letting them know that we're so far past this, that they know who they're dealing with. They're not dealing with some brand new contractor that, you know, is going to, you know, make a lot of mistakes and, you know, have a learning curve on, you know, on their dime, you know, instead give, give them the confidence that, you know, we know what we're doing. So I think that's, you know, that's what I want to show you for, for some of those points in the staffing plan. Use the rest of the boilerplate resumes we've touched on, certifications we've touched on, on um, past performance. We're going to go ahead and delete that because they have not asked for it. If you want to put it in there, you, I mean, you can, but it's not an evaluation factor. You're not being rated on it and you're not supposed to be rated on it. Um, instead, you know, what, what they're asking for is the experience of your interpreters. And yeah, I guess we need to, um, yeah, let's go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to bold that. And then what, what I want you to do is under the resume section before each resume for our candidate. So, you know, I have, please find the resume for our proposed candidate. So you can change that to please find our resume for, you know, sign language interpreter, you know, you say number one, and then go on to say, you know, interpreter number one has 15 years experience providing services. in the San Diego, in the greater San Diego area. And then, you know, further expand on that a little bit based on whatever's in their resume and, and do that for, for each. So, you know, number two and number three do, do the same thing. So just give them a little bit of that so that you're, you're calling out the, the experience that they've asked for. And if you want, you can also tie that up and include that somewhere here in your staffing plan as well. You know, you, they haven't given you a hard, you know, structure. That's why I'm kind of, you know, just thinking out loud with these things, because you can be a little bit flexible, but whatever you decide to do, make sure that you, you know, you call it out and that they don't, you know, you put it somewhere that makes sense. They don't have to, you know, look too hard for it, call it out so that 
you know, they know that you have it. You don't want to be thrown out because they couldn't even find an answer that you gave them. So we are winding down, guys. Uh, let me see here. It's been, well, I think it's been around 45 minutes or so. But um, this last part within the technical, you have your certification. So go ahead and include the certifications for each of your um, interpreters as well. Yep. And so you, you can just preface that with a please find our certifications, you know, in accordance with what was the, what was that acronym? It was the, the NADRID. I believe it was NADRID and San Diego County. Cause I think they have to be you know, certified. You know, each county has its own certification. Okay, cool. Yep. So you do that for the certifications, you put the and then you'll just add spaces for that you can um, fill out both of the interpreter certifications for each of the the interpreter candidates, people, you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about, right? For each of the interpreters, individual interpreters. And lastly, we have the pricing proposal here. Um, get this ready to go. And then we should be pretty much finished after we lay this out. Um, I'm glad that we were able to find everything that we, we needed. Uh, I'm glad and hope, hopefully you guys found this uh, to be, you know, confidence building is again, a big part of the, the mental game that I'm always preaching about. Once you get out of your own way, you can do almost anything. So that we know that they've given us all right, one thing at a time here. So they've given us the five, you know, cleanse, if you will, right? My spelling is being tested today. All right, there we go. So we know it's a one base year for 12 months and then a four option years as well. I mean, a good contract to have. They've given us the CLIN, you know, structure here. Three, and you know, this pricing table, it's just, this is just all old stuff. So, you know, don't worry about it. So I will, you know, I'm gonna take out some things to, you know, make this table match what we need it to. I'm gonna take out some things like the travel, update the CLINs, to zero 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 one through 005. We know a number of hours is not to exceed 350. So we can update that. Yep, not to exceed 350. 
and this is we know the description is sign language I wonder how many times I've written this and then the period of performance is 12 months after date of contract award so we can go ahead and update that as well so i'm going to quickly refer to the yeah they're calling it option year one so um, i'm just going to include that so there's no confusion i'm going to include that in our pricing clin table structure just you know call out option years one two three and four yep one two three four okay perfect um, so we have a quantity and a unit column in this table. I don't think we need both. You just need somewhere to put your base, um, or your, I should say your billable rate. And to me, I know if I try to take something out of this table, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hectic. I think it's going to reformat the whole table wrong, um, but I'll try it. Yeah, I know it's going to do it. I'll take out the quantity and just leave the unit. Delete cells. Delete entire column. Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's a little bit better. Okay, you guys listening, you can't see, we've We've managed to update the table. So what we're doing is we're doing hours not to exceed 350 for each price incline. And then um, for the unit, that's going to be your, your your billable hours. So I don't know. Say your number is $47 per hour. Um, so... Or you're not to exceed. Let me see here. So we'll just do some quick math, pulling out my calculator: forty-seven dollars times three fifty. You know, just for round numbers, that would be sixteen four fifty. For the, if I could put my dollar signs in the right spot, Jesus, I've got them in the back of the number instead of the front. My lord. Right. So um. You know, at forty-seven dollars an hour, you know, you max out the not to exceed number at three fifty, so that puts you at sixteen thousand four fifty for the base year. And again, this is include does not include any taxes. Um, forty-seven. I just made that number up with you know a little bit of the knowledge that I have. You know, I didn't see anything about this being an SDA wage uh, contract. We can take a peek at that once I finish this table. Um, if so, we would have to go th through and find the the wage determination um, and uh, 
check out and see what the pricing, the minimum pricing would be for that. But for the sake of round numbers right now, I'm just going to do aggregate. You know, I extended the 16,450 across all the option years. You know, they said they wanted that aggregate number as well. So we're going to give that to them as a grand total of 82,250. If you have any uh, pricing assumptions or clarifications, you can add those. I'm going to delete this other attachment section because there shouldn't be any because we've included the certifications for the interpreter services within the um, within the the staffing plan technical section. Okay, guys, so for the proposal template, I'm essentially going to stop here. I mean, we're not doing a, if a complete proposal, um, although, you know, we're, we got halfway done with it. You know, we have the pricing table and you know where to put your certifications, your resumes and your staffing plan layout to include your address and years of experience, those things that they've called out. I'm going to go ahead, update this. Ooh, updating my, my table here. Just need to... Why is it being like that? I think we need to put a space there or something. Table of contents are always a crazy thing, right? That didn't work. Try and see if that fixed it. If not, I will just, you know, update this table offline so that we don't have to spend too much time with me messing with that. But um, yeah, the, the table will reflect the staffing plan, the resumes and the certifications. Ooh, maybe it's this one that I wasn't doing. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I can fix this. I was literally just doing the, um, fixing the wrong thing. That's why it wasn't working. Okay. That should work now. There we go. Perfect. So we have a technical approach and a pricing proposal. That's all that we needed. And then we have our cover our, our company profile and then our cover page. So let me just take one quick peek here guys. And then we will be wrapping up. I want to make sure in the clauses that they didn't have a Service Contract Act. Ooh, let me turn that down. So it's not coming up in the Control F find. Let me see, just doing a quick glance through here. I'm not seeing it, not seeing Service Contract Act. I don't think it's in here. So if in fact it's not in here, then yeah, you can pay your people what you would normally pay them. You know, odds are you're not going to be ripping them off, paying a, a very small below minimum wage anyways, or anything like that, because these are professionals in the industry and you know, they're not going to work with you or work for you. Um, if that is the case. So again, guys, here is the capture questions. We've completed this. Um, you know, there was no site visit or amendments yet. If they post questions and answers after the 16th, that will, that might be a, an amendment. And then we've, we've gone through, we updated the entire proposal template. 
this was was pretty cool this was a good one um wasn't too crazy again it was an rfq rather than rfp although you know it did have a little bit of a staffing plan that we had to pay attention to so that's going to be it for this opportunity guys um i just got a few things to share if you'd like to get a, a free download of my book winning government contracts which shares my personal government contracting journey to winning 32 federal contracts worth over 15 million dollars or if you're interested in any of my govcon courses uh, you can check those out at the links in the description um both on podcasts or on youtube and also don't forget to join our facebook group community where you can interact and ask questions to me and hundreds of other members we have in there i think we have around 350 members but this is a group this isn't a, a facebook page it's a group so there's active members in there that you can ask questions and interact with um as well and then lastly if you would like uh the copies of this proposal template layout that we've you know filled out today and the capture questions I'll have a link for that as well um, in the descriptions. Um, and that's just going to be, you know, at a, a downloadable just for a small donation of $5 to help support the show, you know, so that I'm, you know, not just, you know, doing this talking to myself. I know this, you know, helps a lot of people, but any support you guys throw my way um, is, is super appreciated. And uh, you can get those downloads by doing that way. I'll have the links that will be. I'm taking you back to my website, GovKidMethod, which is where I'll be putting all that up to. So that's it for me today, guys. Uh, do something today that you will thank yourself for tomorrow and be blessed. Until next time, guys, we'll see you.